we got a record happening on on multiple multiple wavelengths yeah i think it's yeah yep i see waveforms moving they're blurrier than normal i've never seen them like motion blur before but Mm. such is life you know what john we're gonna we're we're letting the folks here what is this is episode 40 i think get out of here episode 40 yeah this would be episode 40 outstanding i love it so i guess we're we're letting the folks in on how the sausage is made how the f1 sausage is made that's right yeah um that's very very we we didn't even have any light witty banter before immediately talking about the fact that we're we're mostly just talking about uh you know private matters around our high dollar sponsors and and whatnot you know yes constantly constantly uh well let's let's do it let's let's get into this let's get into our podcast here johnny let's let's go for it yeah no time for jocularities on this one we've got some high quality wow brazilian grand prix to discuss uh, high jocularities i am unfamiliar with this this term what is what is this what is this term john uh i don't think i know the precise <laughs> definition of it but i know exactly what it means because uh I, there's this uh older distinguished gentleman that i used to work with mm. uh, i was a managerial type and he would barge into the conference room while me and a few of my associates would be doing our creative magic which usually right. was just you know making each other laugh and <laughs> being ridiculous and whatnot and he would he would barge into the room and just go gentlemen enough with the jocularities <laughs> and uh Okay, uh, I have, and yeah. and that just that made us all laugh significantly harder than we were already laughing. Yeah, and, that sounds about right. Know, he he fell into a little bit of like you know a chuckle himself to be like you know like ah, I I think uh-huh. I'm in on the joke or am I the joke? I'm not sure. And <laughs> jocularities has stuck with me uh, That's ever it. since. So if you ever need yeah, if you ever need a, a the world's most unfun word for fun goofing around I mean, jocularities is it that's my that's my whole world is is goofing around all right look we we got into jocularities john we got into it yeah through, there we go straight into the jocularities, jocularities. enough okay. with the jocularities gentlemen yeah yeah this, let's have this, a podcast let's have a podcast Welcome to the F1 Files, folks. We are doing a damn podcast about Formula One in the United States of America. I am one of the hosts. My name is Corey Willis. I am an improviser, writer, and comedian stationed out here in Los Angeles, California. This is John Lepore. I'm a creative consultant designing the future for film, technology, and automotive, holding it down here on the East Coast. Yeah, you made it back. You 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 survived yes. the survived the my wild journey through the U.S. Virgin Islands. Had a lovely nice. time with the with the fam. Uh, watched the sprint race on my yeah. flight back. Yeah, probably yeah, a good that. place for us just to start and just dive right in, right? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, there's there's stuff from from qualifying too. Qualifying was ridiculous. We ha- we have to. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we've texted right. back yes. and forth, yeah. but yeah, there's yeah. there's this too much true. to get Jesus. into. All right. Yeah. So just yeah. in general, at, at a high level, the Brazilian Grand Prix was, I think, sensational Incredible. all weekend long. 
Yes. From qualifying to probably the best sprint race that the sport has had since they introduced this wild concept of sprint races. Yes. To one of the best Grand Prix of the whole season. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, maximum entertainment all around. Uh, I'm probably the most delighted because there's like a bunch of also like trashy drama that's come Ooh. out of uh, this race that that, you know, I'm going to love getting into. Oh, uh, but, oh, yeah. But in yeah. in general, I think, you know, the overarching sentiment is like, let's race in Brazil every weekend. Let's just if this is what it has for us. Yeah. If this if there was a way to just have every race be this race weekend it would be incredible. This is this is the vision of Formula One. This is the culmination of the 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 new rules, the new regulations, uh, the the drama, the the fatigue of this season being so long has mm-hmm. driven some people to certain situations and certain sorts of you know, a few different drivers that are like losing their minds out yeah. there. It seems. Yeah. It's, oh, uh, I mean, it's a beautiful thing. Just a spoil of riches this weekend. <laughs> it was just so so wild. Uh, so uh, right, so we right, start we start with qualifying. Well, I'll just hit like the the, the couple of bullet points here. Uh, one is the simple fact that Ferrari did what Ferrari always does, which is just the wrong thing at the exact right time. Uh, so they had some yeah, uh, some tires on uh, on Charles Leclerc's car that should not have been on them. Uh, absolutely should not have been on them whatsoever. Uh, they put him on intermediate tires and it wasn't raining. Bananas. Just a bananas move right out of the gate. Uh, for, this would Ferrari. be endearing if this was like in the first 45 minutes of like Ferrari the movie and it yeah. was a team that was bumbling around and like literally handing like tires to each other over the car yeah. and whatnot and just doing things that made them look like absolute buffs. Um, yeah. It was just just astounding um, for them to bounce back from. But alas, it's not the first 45 minutes of a no. uh, inspiring uh a film with comedic elements it is the end of uh the season for probably the longest tenured team in this entire sport yeah uh, yeah oh just what a people yeah people commenting on like how Charles after the 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 qualifying they're like that man kind of seems done <laughs> he seems done with the season and i don't seem done him. with the season uh there was like almost immediately photos of him kicking it with uh Toto Wolf, I believe. Uh, uh I at, didn't see those. At one point, yeah. Um, oh. which you know, I'm sure doesn't really mean anything, but it's probably just like, you know, if if you know, if you were Charles and your your life partner humiliated you like that, like yeah. you would you would gladly just like openly talk to in the street just to you know yeah this is truly some like some cuckolding behavior ferrari is is <laughs> is making a is making cuckolds out of uh charles leclerc and carlos Sainz, uh, and doing it doing it with a with a with an overweight italian clown yeah Pagliacci. i love it yeah it's it's just it's a gorgeous gorgeous truly a tragic thing 
Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, the the most hilarious kind of tragedy. Yeah, it's it's so good. At the beginning of Quali Three, his his radio call, and this was like the signal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was, uh, it yeah. was like, uh oh. Uh, Am I the only one on Inters? <laughs> yep. It's like, oh, oh, buddy, yeah, you are, and it did not go the way it was supposed to go. I also heard rumors that people were like George beached it on purpose. That that was just that's wild. I, I how it's pretty wild. I mean, George did George did manage to like go off track, save it, and then like be that like, "Oh, funny. I made it!" Oh, now I just drove into the beach and yes. got myself stuck. There's- uh, there's a perfect a little, shot little comical yeah there's a, like a perfect shot through the trees where there's like you just see it in slow motion and he tries to do the old flip and just completely sits down uh, at a certain point he's like oh come on just get me out of here and like all the marshals are like yeah dude you have no, no idea how deep you you're are. 18 inches <laughs> deep in gravel buddy you're not going yeah. anywhere yeah, he didn't have a chance. And it was that was so that was very, very funny, but but sad. Yeah, getting out of here until my supervisor gets over here. Yeah, exactly. And uh yeah. Uh but he did sound he sounded like a little bit shook uh earlier on. He's like, Is this our slick smart? Is this the right move? So he was a little bit nervous and a little squirrely, and then that was the result, which sucks. Uh but that did provide for John, you and I as fans right here in the United States of America. We both, we we texted and we discussed this already. This was a, a pretty overblown pole position for Haas. Like, All right, the, so if you, if you yeah, didn't catch yeah. qualifying, which also it's worth noting, the qualifying is not for the race itself, but for the sprint race that will precede the actual race. So already the qualifying is of a slightly lower level of importance because it's qualifying for the sprint race not for the actual race um but uh we still had this kind of very i'm gonna call it a very novel phenomena and i think particularly and i've seen this happen over years of formula one fandom when there are certain outcomes that be start getting predictable or repetitive like yeah. our current state of Max Verstappen dominating everything. Yep. When there's something very unexpected that happens, everybody goes absolutely bonkers. Everybody gets super excited. And so in mm-hmm. this scenario, uh, George Russell goes off track, triggers a red flag, delays qualifying as rain swoops in on the track, basically meaning that no one will be able to top the current fastest times, which it just so happens like the only driver that really got out and put in a serious lap was Kevin Magnuson yeah. in his Haas. And he is holding, uh, you know, a provisional pole position. And we basically, as the time starts going, it's like everyone starts being like, wait, are we not going to be able to set faster laps? Does that mean K-Mag is going to get pole? He's going to get pole position? Oh. Yeah. Yep. And and it happens. And I mean, they're going buck wild in the Haas garage. Like it's, you know. I mean, justifiably so. The celebrations within the Haas garage, I understand. For Kevin Magnuson, this, the story is, is beautiful. It is a beautiful story, right? He, he was 
on vacation in Miami when he got the call that he was going right. to be an F1 driver again this year after losing his seat from mm-hmm. last year. Bit of an interesting yep. story for sure, but it was just such a, it is such a fluke. And in addition to it being a fluke, it was a fluke during qualifying for a sprint race. So if this, I think if this was like an actual Grand Prix, then it would have been a slightly more justifiable celebration, maybe. Well, I think you know it's delightful to see. I don't know. I don't I think know. it was to me. It was just it was just delight, right? Everybody's just excited. Yeah. But then I think you know the 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 check is cashed uh, to insufficient funds the very yeah. next day when the sprint begins, and even the broadcasters are like, "There we go, Kevin Magnuson has completed." one lap as a as a leader of of a race of some form (laughs) in a formula one season because it's not technically a grand prix yeah yeah and they're like (laughs) he has completed the first and he's been passed and he's been passed again and another car has passed him and three more cars behind that has have passed him yeah he is now directly where you would expect to find him in the middle of the pack which which also and this was kind of talked about a little bit and and I I do appreciate that they did this is that he tumbled back in the order and lost places ended up finishing in 8th and Mick Schumacher who mm-hmm. started 20th ended up finishing 12th which is and and we we were talking about this like that's way more interesting than K-Mag uh, yeah, I, and I, his... I think that got sort of overshadowed by yeah. the yeah. excitement around K Mag. But yeah, you had mentioned that to me the other day, and I thought that was spot on. Like, it's like seeing seeing Mick carve his way through the field uh, was wonderful, excellent. Yeah, to see. and he did it with such precision and so cleanly, and not it, like he did it in this way that unfortunately he hasn't been he hasn't been driving like that all year. And I think that's mm. the problem is he's driven maybe a little too respectfully and like he got and he wasn't even like you know getting his elbows out or whatever but he was definitely driving much more aggressively giving people less leeway less space making moves that i haven't seen him make in other sprint races or in any other race since Mm -hmm. he's gotten into formula one and yeah he is driving like his career depends on it because the and unfortunately Very very much does yeah, but that's exactly I, what's going on. Supposedly, uh, Gunther has already made his choice, though. That's the thing is like it, it may be mm-hmm. too little too late. So it sucks, but it still should have gotten a lot more recognition than it did. And I think that yeah. that was uh, a, a, a cool thing not to take anything away from Magnuson, because that was a very impressive feat. It is talent to be putting a car that is very difficult to drive by all measure up and down the pit lane like everyone's like yeah the house is a handful that's a lot of car to drive and it, mm-hmm. even though it's like a rebadged ferrari like it's not refined like a ferrari is and it's not it's just a little too aggressive one of the reasons why we saw uh maza maza spin that was like the whole thing is he couldn't yep. get a handle on that car and mick was able to kind of get a handle on it even though he couldn't produce he wasn't spinning out at least so that was a little disappointing, but on to the sprint race itself. Oh, wow. Was this yeah. impressive? Action packed. I, yeah, 
like we were saying, this should have been this is this is what Formula One wanted the sprint races to be. This is what they always hoped that they would be and what they would become. And it was so cool to actually see it manifest itself, especially in front of a Brazilian crowd. I mean, my God, just they're the most uh, ravenous fans. Uh, I mean, it was the, there, yeah. there was a degree to which it was almost like, gentlemen, it's just a sprint race. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody cool down. What are you doing out there? You guys are... <laughs> Chill it was out. like when uh when when verstappen was behind uh mick several races back and he was like it's like he's driving for his life out yeah. here yeah you know, oh no it was like, russell it was russell who said that russell oh it was uh, russell that's right yeah that's right yeah um the, i don't know how oh god there's so much to talk about there's so much to talk about we're just getting to the sprint so uh so yeah. the, the thing that immediately was so funny to me anytime a team god love them Anytime a team makes the same strategy call as Nicholas Latifi, I'm always like, hey, y'all made the wrong call. Y'all made the wrong call. And the only other person to start on mediums in that sprint race other than Verstappen was Nicholas Latifi. And I was like, oh, you you f***ed up, kid. You can't be doing that. Uh, So especially if he's like in if he's doing something in contrast to the strategy of everyone else, you never want to be doing what Nicholas Latifi is doing. And Red Bull did it. Uh, yep. That that was very, very funny. And the, the race kind of unfolded. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to me, the yeah. story of the sprint race was just Red Bull couldn't hang. Yeah. Yeah. It was wild. Like they couldn't hang. And that, that resulted in uh, George Russell landing mm-hmm. first place. Yeah. Quite impressive. Oh, so, so impressive. That that dude, it is weird. It's weird to watch him drive that car. There's something I'm not quite like comfortable with as far as watching the way that he, he drives that car. Uh, and I, I mean this in like, in comparison to uh, not just Lewis, but in comparison to Valtteri Bottas. There's just something that's like almost too robotic uh, about the w- the way that he drives that car, and uh, it's not a. I don't mean to like uh, slight him or be like, oh, George, you got to have a little more flavor. He doesn't. He's I, a machine. I like it. <laughs> well, but, but he's a machine that cries. Yes. Know? Yeah. He is. He is like he's both the most robotic and most emotional driver uh. on the grid. So it's a, yeah. it's a fascinating thing to to see and I I feel like I'm oscillating back and forth on just my general feelings around yeah. Russell. Yeah. Um but uh it was was happy to see him uh do as as well as he did this this weekend and we'll we'll get more into that in the in the race itself. Uh during the sprint what other kind of chaos oh, did we see? The the Alonso and Ocon nonsense the absolute just yeah uh and that was i saw that and was like hey was that alonzo maybe being a little too much and 100 was that's what the stewards thought they were like "Mm, yeah that was alonzo you you kept your foot in and you you should have backed off you should have backed off uh that's that that was your teammate's line he absolutely had that racing line and Ocon even said he's like Alonso came out of nowhere like he I didn't I didn't expect him to be there and 
a lot of people are like, the one rule is you never take your teammate out. You never hit your teammate. But also, don't pull moves on someone like they're not your teammate. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. if you're Fernando Alonso. Like, it doesn't matter, yeah. dude, because especially with the way the cars are nowadays with the headrest and the halo and like the smaller mirrors, which they're changing next year. It's like a regulation change that is happening next year because of their visibility issues, which we also saw in, in, in the, the regular Grand Prix. But it was just like, hey, Alonzo, you better chill out, dude. Uh, and uh, yeah, um, I don't, I'm not on Ocon's side. I'm just saying that Alonzo may have been a little bit too Alonzo in this scenario. Like he's a victim of his own behavior. I I feel like uh I am just loving I'm loving this madness. I'm loving that <laughs> Alonzo is like embracing the the chaos. And I love it, yeah. that it keeps coming down to this incredible content as part of the broadcast which is when they play the radio feed and yep. they transcribe it with on-screen text. And like, I feel like they need to get like Ron Howard to do a like arrested development tribute and like read those those radio conversations, you know, during the broadcast out, oh, yeah. out loud as narration. Um, oh, yeah. on uh, after that incident, Alonzo's exact comment, which I'm looking at right now, was, <laughs> I wrote it down too, yeah. <laughs> I I lost the front wing thanks to our friend this is his teammate that he's talking about ladies and gentlemen (laughs) this is his this is his teammate they are supposed to be partners in this and (sighs) it just speaks to yeah months and months of like pure hatred boiling over now that we're at the like the championship has already been decided it's kind of you know it's yeah. that last month of uh, of the senior year of high school, and everyone's yeah. just letting it all hang out. And if you if you listen to Alonzo's, like, there's a, a a soundbite of him where they're like, "Hey, what happened there? What what's going on here?" And he's like, "Well, you know, um, if you look back uh, at like earlier in the season, if you look back at in Saudi Arabia, and uh, and it's like." Dude, you are holding on to mm-hmm. some. I, I'm not. I'm not saying it's not incorrect, but it was one of those moments of Alonzo saying his one of his trademark phrases, which is like, "I have never seen such blank in my entire right. life in all of my career." Like he says that about people on a very regular basis, almost to the point of where it's kind of casual. It's like an expected thing, but he definitely said, "I've never seen defending like that." in all of my life. And he was talking about Esteban uh, during, I think Bahrain, maybe it might've been Bahrain or it might've been Saudi, but he was, he was pissed back then. And he's carried it for 20 races, like fully just been like, I cannot wait to get out of here. And in the last couple of races, I might, I might pull some (laughs) and he's absolutely pulling some Mm -hmm. in a very typical way. Um, So much more being pulled. Yeah. um so all right what what else uh anything else from oh, the sprint that, uh, that you would like to touch on uh lance stroll running almost running seb off the road yeah. at like almost 200 miles an hour uh that was that was that not was pretty... almost running him off like fully running him off the road 
Um, pretty pretty wild and also like some really interesting symmetry between that and uh the alonzo ocon incident which is also symmetry that is going to fold inwards on itself next season when uh alonzo and stroll are teammates and they can both uh terrorize each other with asinine moves like that yeah look forward to it with all of uh, Stroll's daddy's money and Alonzo mm-hmm. with all of his presence wherever he goes. How do you think that works? Do you think like, do you uh, think Stroll gets the preference from his father or do you think his father loves the idea of like straight up f***ing with him by being like, I think no, that- guess what? Your teammate's going to be Alonzo. Yeah, and he's I think gonna, it's the latter. Yeah, he's going to terrorize it- you. Yep, I think it is. I think it's like, oh, you think you can hack it? Watch yeah. this. Like he'll he's just gonna. Your throw... life has been pretty easy up to this point with all of Daddy's money. Yeah, let's see how you survive having Alonzo for a and teammate. Look, he's <laughs> not incorrect. He's not incorrect, uh, and I'm I'm very interested to see what that relationship looks like because also one of the few people that, from what I understand, or at least from what I've what what was i mean it was more said on probably drive to survive and i've also heard it in some other interviews uh lance stroll uh and hamilton are actually like two people who who have a relationship who are friends and it's just going to be really funny to be like oh yep. <laughs> your new teammate is like hates uh, like the only person who yep. you feel comfortable talking to in the paddock because i don't think lance has many other friends in the paddock other than hamilton so it's like it's gonna be interesting interesting yeah but i'm i'm very interested to see what that looks like but uh stroll got a 10 second penalty and i think alonzo got a five second penalty by the end of the sprint so didn't didn't necessarily change the outcome because they both were finishing outside those like sprint points but that was uh, that was that was some nonsense in the sprint. Um, oh, I loved the move that Perez pulled on Norris in mm-hmm. uh, on lap eight of the sprint. Like he just pulled just one of those elegant moves that Sergio does. He's just so his car control is astounding. Uh, yep, and he he had some some shady some shady defending in the Grand Prix, but. He definitely did some like perfect defending in uh, in the sprint race against Norris, and that was phenomenal to see. Um, anything else from the from the sprint really pop out to you at all, or no? Uh, no. I mean, aside from it just being like wall to wall condensed action, uh, I thought I thought it was excellent, and I yeah. I think I'm an advocate again for these sort of stunt like things that formula one keeps bringing to the table like the addition of of sprint races and you know yeah i'm i'm here for it well let's keep it keep it rolling it was also it was also really helpful because with qualifying being such like a weird version of itself uh not just because it was like yeah you didn't feel like you got cheated of because basically there was no final qualifying session yeah so the grid was yeah it was scrambled. It was like, I don't even know if that would be a reverse grid or whatever, but it was like a weird scrambled version of the grid that you would normally see. And I like when that happens because you get people who get, you know, sent further down the order and have to then deal with 
driving uh, the way that they do, right? And like watching yep. Verstappen uh, have to drive the way that he did in in that sprint race was like really, really entertaining. Uh, watching him and George go at it was really, really entertaining um, because I think that, look, I have a lot to say about Max Verstappen, uh, but I, it, it was, should, should we just, should we just transition into yeah, race day? Yeah. And, yeah, and why, yeah. Why don't, why don't we just dive in there? Cause it is like a, it's a burning hot topic it's to wild. get into. We can, is, we can touch on other nuances of the race, but let's start with what I guess is it's, it's not even to me, the headline of the race. It's just the thing that everyone's going to be talking about nonstop until the next race. Yeah. Justifiably. Um, and into so, next season. Well into yeah. next season, I bet. Yeah. I bet. So uh, as the race is coming to a close, um, Verstappen and Perez have both fallen down the ranks, which is a story in its in and yeah. of itself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I forget what their exact positions were. Um, Verstappen was, uh, was maybe going to get a sixth, I think. Yeah. yeah. Verstappen is maybe going to get a chance to battle uh, Leclerc. Mm-hmm. And the call comes over the radio and there's been murmurs already going into this race. There was already a bit of just like casual discussion of yeah. this sort of thing of like, it doesn't seem like, you know, at this point, Max has got the championship already. His teammate is still competing amongst other drivers. It, more importantly than Max having the championship, Red Bull has the constructors championship locked up. So as as important as it is that Max has his second world championship, if he had it and the constructors was still up for for grabs, I would understand. Like I would understand a driver being like, "Nope, this is this is how it needs to happen. This is like yep. I'm taking." It's like Jordan calling for the ball with like three seconds left. It's like just give him the ball, just give him the ball. You know what? It like if we lose the game, it's going to be on him. But everyone wants. Same with like Kobe, like you put the ball in Kobe's hands, you put the ball in LeBron's hands. That's what you do unless the game, like not just the game, but like the team's championship is on the line. Then you're like, hey, no, the franchise gets to make the call. The people who run the show get to make the call. But that was all done. Season's long in the bag. And (sighs) the, in this scenario, it would benefit Sergio Perez to just get some extra points. It would benefit Sergio Perez and not hurt Max Verstappen yes. in any way, shape, or form. It's a very, it very important point to clarify. In any way, shape, or form. It would actually help Red Bull because they want to have one and two in the Drivers' Championship. They want to have one and two in the Constructors' Championship. Or not one and two, but they want to have number one in the constructors championship. So, so we're already <sighs> coming into this race with conversation around like it doesn't seem like we're seeing Max like yield to his teammate or do any of these little freebie helpers mm-hmm. to his teammate at all. And as the race comes to a close, not to mention every time Checo has needed a toe, yeah, in qualifying this year yep. to the point of like comedy where Max is getting out of the car and Checo is still on like a warm-up lap. Like Max has already done his lap. He got a toe from Checo. He doesn't need a toe. He doesn't need to give Checo a toe. Like that's, that's the context. That's the buildup to this. 
that's not even the buildup. That's like the midpoint of this. The real context of this. Well, I think is, all of that, and and, and he I wouldn't think have all of that his is championship if it weren't for Sergio Perez. He wouldn't have his championship from last year, and he probably wouldn't have it this year. So that's and the, so I think all of that context is uh, more of simmering consideration in the minds yeah. of the fans. Yeah. Uh, the radio call comes out at the end of this race uh, from from the Red Bull pit wall so to upsetting. Max and says, like, okay, here's the deal. Like, unless you're able to pass Leclerc, we want you to like, back off and give the position to Sergio. On the, you know, you could do it at the very last second. You could do it at the final corner. You could do it wherever. But just, you know, let's get him some extra points crazy uh do you have the transcript of max's response uh i don't have the transcript of his i'm gonna response. i'm gonna pull it up because yeah. there's there was some very specific phrasing in there that really really struck me um in in the way that he he responded but basically um the 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 deal is he he refuses to hand hand the position over which was um, given to him. This is like the other thing where people were like, oh, well, if during the race Sergio has a chance to get ahead of Max for the championship, then like, are we going to see like a team orders thing and is Max going to have to like pull over? But the, 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 like smaller, slightly more zoomed in context to this. Actually, no, like the, ex the, the exact context around this is that Sergio gave over the spot to Max, did not fight him when he passed him so that Max could try to pass Alonso. That was what was happening. Like, that was the agreement. So <sighs> Max's exact response was, uh, or actually, sorry, they asked him to let him through, nothing happens, and they get over the radio, and they're like, Max, what, like, what happened? What's going on? And his exact response was, I told you already last time, you guys don't ask that again to me, okay? Are we clear about that? Whoa. I gave my reasons and I stand by it. And so there's there's a I bunch of different layers to this. There's there's are we clear about that is that is like is, a, yeah, this is this is the sort of like, you know, this is the the one time when you're like, eh, you know what? It would be okay to spank your child in the food court at the mall if they're yeah, 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 like yeah, yeah. Make a spectacle um, of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it's just it's it's pretty it's all right so i'm just gonna say this i love this this I, yeah I'm, i got I'm pleases me i'm gobbling because yeah. i i think max verstappen is a fantastically talented driver but if he's going to be our world champion i would love for him to do it as like the most intense super villain yeah. that we could imagine and yeah. like i just took this as like i don't know what's going on where he's having the best season of his career maybe of any driver ever in terms of the stats and whatnot yep. right um and he's uh emperor palpatine has stood in front of him and has been like let the hate flow through <laughs> you and max was just like yeah i want that let me let me get a I want to take a big bite yeah. out of the dark yeah. side and yeah. just go straight into it. Yeah, let's do this. Let's go there. 
Yeah. And so, he's, yeah, if, if we're going to go that hard with it and we're not like dilly dallying a little, a little bit with it, I I'm, I'm here for it. I love it. And I love that. It's all, it's like twisted and perverse also in this way of him being like no team, like r- entire Red Bull organization. Let me make it clear. I'm the boss here. Yeah. And all of this, like, this is just, it's, it's it's wild it's so aggressive and just the 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 other side of this is sergio perez like not just like the the like it's the tone that sergio asks with where he's like it's like i think it's just sergio in general it's just the contrast of sergio's personality in general yeah he has been and the best teammate to a champion driver that we have ever Ever seen seen. in the sport he has been supportive his his nickname the name the name that he will go down with as being his trademark thing is that he is going to be referred to for the rest of his career as the mexican minister of defense yeah because he has defended against attacks on his teammate yes which is like if you look at especially there's there's so much history in Brazil uh, with Rubens Barrichello, right? Like he was at the circuit today, uh, a famous Brazilian driver, famously was a teammate of Michael Schumacher and people like having the title of a Rubens Barrichello is like kind of a slight because yeah. he would yield to his teammate. Like yep. he would defend, but he would also like, he was more known for yielding to him. Like he had at times a stronger car and was more talented on some circuits, but would yield to Schumacher. Yep. And it's like, Sergio does not yield to Max. He defends Max. He, he's, he (sighs) has brought, he has brought the honor to the role of the number two driver on a team. Yeah. In a way that I think is, is absolutely remarkable. It's the reason and... Valtteri Botas is driving for Alfa Romeo right now. It's yeah. because he hated the fact that people were like, mm, you're really more of a number two. And he was like, I, mm, I'm not a number two. Uh, and he was a number yeah. two. Uh, but if you look at him, all of the, if, if Lewis had someone on his wing, like, like, uh, like Sergio, he would have won probably nine championships at this point. Like he's, he would be, it would be ridiculous. It, it's, it's such a privilege for Max Verstappen to have a teammate like Sergio Perez, not even like Sergio Perez, having it, having Sergio Perez as a teammate is a privilege. And they are, so they're like, they're squandering it in like such a gross and villainous way. I, I, I just, I feel it's... so bad for Sergio. I feel so bad for him. I mean, I don't, but I do. I mean, I, I, I don't because I think it, it only makes his stock go up. Exactly. Um, so, exactly. all right. So let's let's also dive into there is. Well, there's, also, there's, so hold on. Before we move away from that, we and yeah. I'm sure this will be mentioned again. But this is like after the race, after the podium ceremony, uh, F1 TV throws up just an onboard of Sergio Perez and they like ping the radio. They don't do the transcript, but they like pop the radio on and you hear uh hubert come over who is sergio's engineer uh he's like uh yeah uh yeah max didn't let you through and then you hear sergio be like 
uh, and then you hear Christian Horner come on the line and be like, "Yeah, I'm sorry, oh, uh, I'm sorry, oh, I'm sorry, Checo, I'm sorry about that." And Sergio comes back on, or or Hubert comes back on, and he's like, "Yeah, well, um, we'll discuss it all in the debrief. We'll talk about it all in the debrief. It'll all be discussed, like yeah. just doing." And that's for those who are unfamiliar with F1 or listening to F1 radio. That is code for shut the fuck up. I need you to shut the f- up right now yeah. so we can everyone's gonna be all over you and begging yeah. for you to talk serious smack so, so let's wait to all talk about this and get our story straight and instead of nothing or saying i understand or understood or a key of the radio and then saying nothing and then the radio goes off just those little things that drivers do to go like i heard you I don't agree with what was just said, but I heard you. He comes back on the radio and goes, yeah, well, um, this really just goes to show you what kind of person he is, huh? And like, that's wild. That's a wild thing to have said if you're Sergio Perez. A a totally justifiable thing and a thing that absolutely all of us are thinking in the moment. But it was just for him to say that is like, hey, I'm not just going to be the number two and never consider myself as like a viable champion. And you're not going to disrespect me like that. Uh, Now the world gets to see what kind of person he really is. Like I've watched this internally and now it's just nice that everyone else gets to get a peek at like what this punk says to people. Uh, Yeah, I am. It's just so gross. Verstappen is exposing himself as, beyond a villain this feels like he's beyond a villain john this is just this i i just don't know how you're at the top of your game and you just that's the that's the path that you that's where you go all right all right so even beyond that and i want to come back to sergio and max but there was even more um pure max uh lava being spilled Mm -hmm. which was when he was asked about his incident uh, at the very start of the race with yep. Lewis Hamilton. Yep. He like basically was trying to shrug it off as like, well, it was a cool move because I mean, yeah, I got a five second penalty, but what's it matter for me, which is what you could also say about, you know, handing a position back to your teammate. But yeah. he also was like, but it cost him the race, but win. it cost him the win. He's like, that was what I was able to do. I was able to keep him from getting. I was able to keep the guy who's been in emotional jail after being robbed of a record-breaking championship last season. By me last year. uh, Not just robbed, but like. Well, he wasn't robbed. He wasn't robbed by Max. He he was. Max was the benefit of the robbery. Right, right. Oh, God. But yeah, that was, that, that to me was like, almost equally as as gross so all right yeah um and he said he knew he wasn't gonna give the space he's like i knew he wasn't gonna gonna give the space but i wasn't gonna yield and it was like dude you are not like that you're not a god you're not and like you the rules should apply to you they do apply to you and it just sucks that they i mean it sucks that he only got a five second penalty especially with that in hindsight i'm like oh that should have been absolutely uh i mean retrospectively that is unsportsmanlike that is like unsportsman like behavior and like if that was the calculation that he was going through when he made that move that 
should ultimately see him with maybe even a race ban. If you're willing to dive bomb someone yeah. and put them at risk, and it was a calculated risk you took, that qualifies you for a race ban. You're an unsafe driver, like yep. fully. So, ugh, so so gross. I don't imagine. I don't. I don't think it's an intentional move. I think it's just this like rationalizing it and thinking that he's like saving face by like being like, "But it's pretty cool because it caused him the the race yeah. win." Like just. It's just a just a awful. It's just a scumbag, move. awful place to yeah put yourself. Um. All right. So there's going to be more spiraling out of control with the relationship oh, yeah. with Max and Checo. Um. I'm so excited for it. I'm so Checo, excited. For Checo it. came right out of the gate in interviews after the the race and mm-hmm. basically was saying like, yeah, you know, uh, I'm surprised that he would do that considering that. Uh, he probably wouldn't have won his two championships if not for me. Yeah. Um, like which, fully which said I it. thought was, yeah, was surprisingly bold for Checo, who I think has always been the kind of company man and played it safe. But obviously this is a really big slap in the face to him. So what is, what's I the story with Max's, you guys know why I'm icing him out. Do you, do you know what the, there's, there's murmurs about, what is this it is apparently because of monaco because apparently because of monaco that's that seems to be the case and it sounds so can like you refresh multiple... my memory what what happened in monaco with, with them do you, do you remember this so during qualifying uh basically perez uh lost control heading into the tunnel and basically like ended the qualifying session oh while the final fast laps were going on yeah right it was like right where uh where Ayrton um where like right where at he, the entrance to the tunnel yeah where he was like pushing too hard and you just like he it was he just lost control yeah. of the car and it like ah uh, that's what this and is so over it is it is heavily speculated that that was an intentional move which I wouldn't like to think that that's the case, but I th- I think there's a reality where you have to accept that that's a possibility. And and the way that it sounds, some of yeah. the at least the way that Max is talking about it is it sounds as though within Red Bull there is a consensus that it was an intentional move, and they've you know tried to keep it you know in internal amongst their family. Let's handle this internally and work it out. And Max is just holding a bitter, bitter grudge over that, which I think is, you know, like I I could appreciate being upset by that scenario and being really annoyed by it. But at the same time, Checo's had his back time and time again since then, has, you know, provided him toes, has, you know, defended for him since then and had his back. And I think, you know, I just don't. I I also just don't buy that it was an intentional thing. I I, I just I, I don't. I, I maybe maybe an internal consensus says otherwise. Maybe they um they do have more. The, the only reason that I that stuff, but the only reason I suspect that is because it's being because Max is talking about it as though it's like a continuing ongoing conversation that the team have had internally. 
Now, I mean, he could also be living in his own fantasy world where he has, you know, conspiracy theories around stuff and whatnot. And I mean, you know, quite frankly, just the ways, you know, talking about stuff is already pretty Trumpy. But uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I would I would not put it past him to be like, uh, I, 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 I trust what my gut's telling me and my gut is telling me that he crashed yeah. on purpose. I don't care what the data says. I don't care. Like he, like I watched him shrug at a mechanic and that, that was clear. And it's like, (laughs) go, okay. Okay. Oh God. He's such, and we've, we've touched on it before. He is the source of so much toxicity within formula one and his fan base can be wildly toxic. So can the Hamilton fan base. So can, many fan bases but i'd say specifically the hamilton fan base absolutely as part of that fan base can be very toxic i get that i I see these people saying things i see these accounts post nonsense and conspiracy theories but the level of toxicity that like the fan base of max verstappen has is just a different it feels it's a it's a different ball game with those folks and it just sucks it really sucks and this uh speaking of toxicity uh after the sprint race the alpine team posted on twitter uh like they they posted like a almost like press release style statement saying like like we have received 882 abusive comments after our you know our two drivers crashed into each other during during the sprint and this is unacceptable and like i'm with i'm with everybody reining in the general toxicity on social media uh, across the board but uh it it was just sort of funny that alpine who was basically barging into the room and going enough with the jocularities yeah (laughs) Uh, (laughs) enough making fun of our uh, drivers for smashing into each other yeah uh that's enough stop stop laughing at hilarious things everybody yeah these memes have gone too far gentlemen uh that's that's ultimately what that smacked of i i again i agree I'm, I'm all I'm for, sure I'm sure there was awful stuff being said and I'm sure their concern yes. was valid but yes. still just kind of it's also uh, kinda. as as a couple of uh as a couple of US citizens I don't think that we can understand what the level of uh deep-seated hatred exists between the Spanish and the French so true. I, I can't I can only imagine that the fan base of a Spanish driver and the fan base of a French driver, while the Spanish driver is driving for a French team, is probably a bit much. It's probably a bit yeah, aggressive. Yeah, uh so uh well, I, I we're not making light of it, but also we can't fathom what the nonsense is. Uh but uh yeah, that was that's that's bad. Oh, did you see that uh ghastly got a penalty for speeding in the pit lane do you see that no no what uh when speaking of yeah speak speaking of 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 potential alpine drivers uh doing doing jocular moves oh, i remembered seeing seeing comments of like alpine the team and i thought it was like some someone on the pit crew did something because they weren't singling no, no, out a driver there was a bunch of other stuff that happened in the pit oh, lane boy. too there was a bunch i mean there's just this thing Corey's, Corey's waving his notepad around as he's uh, saying uh, this. God, folks 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah let's let's race through let's race through what else happened yeah. during this chock full of entertainment 
so Prix. at one point, and this actually might have been during the sprint, but I think it was during the Grand Prix, there was uh, something that happened that, like, there's an Alfa Romeo mechanic who's, like, standing out in the Haas pit lane entry, and he's, like, throwing hand signals to the pit wall, so he's not even paying attention to the fact that Schumacher's car is like pulling in oh boy and schumacher comes pretty close to him so there's this like weird investigation because the guy from alfa romeo was like kind of technically not where he was supposed to be right not just in the path of an oncoming was car. impeding another team's yeah but yeah access. but also yeah. he was like in another team's pit box area so like he shouldn't have been there for it was just a bunch of weird reasons uh so there's that and then there's pierre gasly who could potentially get another point on his super license and the whole thing there is he is two points away from getting a race ban so Uh. what i think he may have done depending on how many points he gets for that speeding in the pit lane he may have a race ban going into abu dhabi which means he'll miss that first or he'll miss the last race with alpha tauri but then he has a clear super license when he starts up with alpine next year so this was something that was like everyone kind of had like an eye out for and you know good good on him using all of his super license points before the end of the season yeah good job yeah yeah, yeah. good job pierre use them all up get them get them out of your system uh everybody else is sitting around just you know gathering dust on their on their table uh you know yeah use them use them up because it costs you like whatever eighty thousand dollars to have it for a year so you might as well use it um whatever it costs pierre gasly because that's the other thing with super licenses they fluctuate based on who you are and where you finished we talked about this in an earlier episode <laughs> yeah I, I hate i hate super license <laughs> it's um, so stupid it is so stupid uh, All right. So what what else uh what else have we got unfolding? I mean to to me, you know, the other So dude, the the Norris and Leclerc coming together. I thought yeah. Leclerc's race was done. I thought that that was it. Yeah. Uh, I was I was impressed that he was able to actually nurse that thing yeah. back onto the track and actually came came in fourth, made it all the way up for- through the field. He was setting fast laps in mm-hmm. p18 just consistently setting fast lap after fast lap after fast lap and it was like oh he's catching up the field uh, i pulled up the driver tracker and pulled up like oh where is he on the circuit and just watching him close up the field in those like opening laps once he had new tires on it was i, I again convinced especially the angle that he went into the wall at but then yeah. <laughs> i saw him setting fast laps and i was like wait a second am i Am I watching? Did like I go through a time warp? How am I seeing Charles Leclerc back on track, setting fast? It looked laps? like he even thought he was out. I think I saw some in car, and he was like banging the steering yeah. wheel, like his race was over. And then he was like, "Wait, this thing still moves." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I could throw it in gear and go. And then he threw it in gear and went, and that went well too, went, went well, really, really well. Just again, very quietly and deliberately carved his way through the field, and. Yep. That you was, love to see it. That was so great. Um, also, Max Verstappen had to make his way back up through the field. And that was really, really... I uh, got a nose change yeah. that took 10 seconds, 10 seconds. which might, might be the fastest nose change in the yeah. history of the sport. I mean, Red Bull pit crew have, have been on point 
Yeah, uh, I mean, almost always notoriously, um, they're, they're yeah, yeah, yeah they're, ridiculously they're, dialed in. And uh, and to Max's credit, he did have a really savage move where he passed. I think it was Ocon and Botas in the at same at the corner. same time. Yeah, yeah, that was, and he like was stuck in. I think between, I think behind Ocon, like he was stuck in in the slipstream, and just like used the slipstream and DRS to just fly past them. Uh, yeah. There was some really fun. So this is the thing here. You said that Max is a very talented race driver. I think that he's a very fast race driver. I wouldn't say that he's talented because he is not good at defending. He's not Mm -hmm. good at defending. He is wild when he defends. Um, He complained about the fact that, uh, that Lewis closed the door on him. Right. And in the sprint race, he lost his front part of his front wing because Carlos had him beat through a corner and Max moved over before he should have moved over and clipped Carlos's rear wheel. Like that was entirely Max's fault. So I, I, I agree that he is a very fast race driver, but as far as like talented, like you need to be able to defend without ruining someone else's race you need to be able to give space and not and know when to back off when you're actually doing wheel to wheel racing which is something he's notoriously not good at like he's not it just uh, yeah so i am gonna say i do think some of the penalties that are handed out during the race are almost redundant i think when there's situations where max and hamilton come together they say Max is at fault and they give him a five second penalty. I actually feel like that's kind of unnecessary considering that he had damaged his car to the point of having to go into the pits and have a nose change. Yeah. Um, same thing for uh, Daniel Ricardo um, and, and, you know, getting into his tangle, uh, yep. his, you With know, him he, and Magnuson he, when he, yeah. 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 I mean, his, his race was ended instantly. Uh, no further penalty needed as far as I'm concerned for, yeah. for something like that. Like there's no, like, what's the point, you know, he's already gotten like, that was the worst punishment he could receive is, you know, sitting on the sidelines for the duration of an entire grand prix. Like the only I time I would say like a penalty would be warranted after a race retirement would be in the situation where, uh, George Russell in the Williams crashed with Valtteri Botas and like George got out of the car and went over and slapped Valtteri on the helmet. Right, right. Like yeah. then it's like Yeah, I, you... I think I think when it's like hyper aggressive, yeah. you know, yeah. um unsportsmanlike sort of sort of incidents and whatnot, then yeah. sure. But when it's like stuff that like when you're trying to weigh whether or not it's a racing incident and then you're you know, you're deciding on blaming a particular driver, but they've already had a, you know, they've already been yeah penalized yeah. by the blowback of their own actions. Uh, to me, it's just like, yeah, why even, why even bother at that point? Um, all right. I, I, can uh, see I can, I can agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, big, you know, big story of the race. We've got George Russell getting his first win yeah. Hamilton in second place. Yeah. Um, our Mercedes back. Are they in form? Have they gathered it together and have some momentum to bring into the 2023 season? This is me putting my tinfoil hat on 
okay, just do. Yeah. Uh, I think that Red, Gull, uh, Red Bull getting hit with Red the cost cap. <laughs> Red Gull. Um, Red, Red Gull's getting hit with the cost cap. Like the penalty that they're going to face, the sporting penalty and the fine, they their car is notoriously like dominant at Sao Paulo. Uh, yeah. And I think that they may have like been like, oh, shit. we need to immediately stop spending any money on developing this car because Red Bull is notorious for making like slight little tweaks yeah. Along the way, uh, with well, each... I think we were speculating a week or two ago that like this whole cost cap situation, it sounds like there's a little bit of like, uh, but like everybody else is blowing that cost yeah. cap too this season, right? Yep. And yep. like, so like, is it basically the final two races of the season? They have to. They just you know, have to not bring anything new. Yeah. And I think other teams... Everybody's who, eating peanut butter and jelly in the garage. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Which is fine if that's the way they want to run it. But Christian like, Horner was 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 spotted <laughs> sleeping in the backseat of his Honda Accord. Uh, yeah. Um, not because Jerry kicked him out or anything, but just because he, you know, he's mm-hmm. he had, he was saving some money. Uh, no, I, th- I think that they probably have either that would explain why Max is so cranky that would, right? Like he's like, yeah, he's like, nobody he's yeah. I don't have like, nobody's been cutting the crust off my peanut butter and jelly. I haven't sandwiches. had my, I haven't m- had my foot massage where I get individual masseuses for each foot. Uh, like yep. I now have to use just one masseuse for both of my feet. Uh, li- mm-hmm. little, I think they're going to be making a ton of cost-cutting measures. They're going to implement that if they haven't already done that. And I think that Mercedes has been at such a deficit since the start of the season that they were like, okay, we need to strategically develop the car. Also, they didn't have to bring upgrades because they literally couldn't bring upgrades to that car until they sorted out the porpoising and the bouncing and the track strikes. And now that they have that, I'm sure that whatever development packages they had in mind were like, oh, we should probably just melt this carbon fiber back down because we can't put it on the car because we can't fix it. So they just re-fired more carbon fiber with upgrades since they figured yep. out what to do with the car. And now they can develop the car all the way through the end of the season. And I think Ferrari might be kind of in a similar place where they were like, oh, well, we can continue to develop the car because they had a bigger allowance because of the development penalty that they were a beneficiary of uh, last year once like the cost cap kind of got implemented, right? Like they had a bigger budget and had more wind tunnel time. So I think that Red Bull is just kind of a victim of their own devices again which which is also a way of you saying that you do not think that mercedes is surging ahead solely on their own merit but are uh yeah i think for me you know as a mercedes fan uh i've been so damaged by this season that uh i i think i feel similarly where i'm just like eh, talk to me after the first three races of next season and uh, that's the other thing we'll we'll also see because uh the the, i think it's uh, i think it's charles mechanic was being interviewed and he was like well data suggested that mercedes had a car that could have won in mexico and 
at races before that too. So not just saying like they could have won mm. at Mexico uh, or that they could have won at the U.S., but maybe he's saying like, hey, if like the Japanese Grand Prix wasn't a bit of a sopping wet nightmare, then maybe Mercedes would have been competitive there too. So I think Mercedes has been developing their car and I think that they're on track to probably have a strong car by the start of next year. Yep. Uh, I think that they've had to do a lot of very, very innovative thinking in the way that they're developing the car. Um, That was kind of the thing that they brought the new front wing when they brought it to Austin, they were just kind of testing the waters to be like, Hey, does anybody object to this? And then people were like, we kind of object. And they were like, okay, cool, cool, cool. We weren't going to run it anyways. And people were like, wait, well, why did you bring it? And I think that that's Mercedes developing the car next year for next year in this season, like with that in mind. So I, as you, as you do when you're, when your season is already deep in the garbage can, uh, you start, you start reprioritizing all of your assets towards the following season. Johnny, we've never seen Mercedes have to come at it from this angle, right? Yeah. Ever. No, never. So they may be very strategically developing their car in the previous season. And then when they show up to testing, they're going to have a beast especially because there's only slight regulations and the engine freeze is already in place. So yeah. this car is pretty much dialed in. So I do, I, I, all this is to say, I think that Red Bull is a victim of their own devices, that Ferrari is doing what Ferrari does, which is they can just continue to develop the car with their fine. They'll trip over their own clown shoes no matter what. So whatever. Yep. And I think that Mercedes is actually doing a good job and they're on the path to having a very strong car next year. I just don't want to say like they'll definitely have a strong car next year because yeah. they're doing well in the last two races. I, I don't. I don't. Trust I'm with that. you there. I'm with you. I'm with you there. I do worry that this is almost a little bit of a fluke. Yeah. Uh, is George Russell the future of Mercedes? I think he probably is. He probably is. Um, he's so very british he's exactly like he's he and he's also come up through a mercedes system that has kind of been helmed by lewis and toto so he has Mm -hmm. like a conscience to him like he's not just going to be this guy who shows up in uh what was it the uh, the 007 the the whatever that show was the the gentleman show I'm saying it all wrong. It's not a show. It's a movie. Uh, uh, Taron uh, Edgerton is like the main guy in it. Oh, the uh, the Kingsman. There we go. The Kingsman. Uh, I kept wanting to say the Watchman. I'm like, no, it's not the Watchman. It's the Kingsman. Yeah. Like he, I, I trust. You think he's he's a classy Colin Firthish uh, I, Brit. Yeah, because he's had uh, a a Jimon Huntsu type uh, to, to teach him how to not be just like wow. a total colonizing jerk. Uh, so yep. I, I think I think he is the future of Mercedes. I'm interested. I love the idea of maybe Charles being like, "Hey, so when this when I'm done with this uh, clown car, do you think I could maybe like slip into one of those nice sleek silver arrows?" <laughs> I think that that's a a very that's such a a dream 
such a dream as a, as a Mercedes yeah. fan. I would love to see that. Um, and it would also do you be, think, be great. Do you think it. there's a seat swap there? And Lewis says like, Hey, I never got to be in a red suit on the podium at, at uh, Monza. I think that Lewis doesn't every driver want to be in a red suit on the podium at Monza. So I think Lewis has a better chance of being the MC at the podium ceremony in a red suit of his own design than if he ever went <laughs> and got behind the some wheel of sort a of yeah. red suit, the design of which no human could fathom exactly. Yeah, until yeah. he shows up on a scooter wearing it. And, uh, yeah. yeah, but I don't think he'd yeah. ever, uh, even if he got into a Ferrari, I don't think he'd ever win a race uh, in, in that car. Um, yep. God, I'm sorry, Ferrari, and I'm sorry, Ferrari fans, but you're bad, and you know you're bad. You... <laughs> that's that's truly, it, Ferrari. Come truly, on, truly, you do. You know you're you know own it like a man, yeah. and just you uh, know, uh, take that flower, take that flower that you have tucked in your pocket, and just point it right at your own face. And just spray it in your face until all your makeup runs yep. off. That's right. That's spray your just spray it. your clown accessory <laughs> into your own face. Oh, uh, so what else happened in this race, Johnny? Did anything else really stick out? I mean, it was it, it was wall to wall action. Yeah, there was a lot of great action throughout. There was like a nice little like uh, mid race like ten lap bit of like quiet, and then the action r- ramped right back up again. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was I thought it was wild. It was a ton of fun. Uh, we had you know a safety car close things up, uh, bring everybody together, and also set us up for effectively like another sprint race. Everyone yeah. just recently got onto new tires. There's like you know I think it was like twelve or fourteen laps left in the race, and boom, everybody get out after it. Um, uh, was was bummed that. Hamilton never quite got within DRS range of Russell, yeah. but dear God, who knows what would have happened if they, if the two of them were battling it out. Uh, well, George, George came on over the radio and was like, so are we going for a one, two finish, which mm. is code for, are you implementing team orders? Are yeah, I'm in first position. He's in second position. Are we just trying to go for this? Are you going to call him and be like, hey, Lewis, let George win this race? And the call came back to George. You're free to race. Just be respectful. And uh, I think that maybe Martin Brundle said it on the broadcast where he was like, don't think George was expecting that response. (laughs) Which is like, yeah, I mean, how could you expect any other response other than you're driving in Brazil? Lewis is behind you. You think he's not? Even if we told him, don't go for the win, do you think he's, do you really think he would not go for the win here? Uh, so I loved that. I, I really loved that. Uh, no response. Uh, also liked that it, at the same time. So we've got like that sort of like discussion of team orders. We have obviously the Red Bull uh, situation. And then we have Alpine <laughs> giving out a similar edict and Ocon basically just like like straight up over the radio saying like no i will i will do yeah. whatever i need to do it's like to i murder. need to pass him and was like whoa yeah. buddy whoa 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 yeah that was 
that was that was very very spicy did not expect that but it kind of expected it just because okan every once in a while when he gets on the horn if things aren't going well for him he does get pretty snippy with his engineer but Mm -hmm. i was not expecting like he sounded angry when he was speaking with his engineer uh it was yeah like and justifiable anger whereas like max's anger it doesn't feel like it was justifiable. This is like Okan being like, no, this is my team. I'm staying. I'm going to pass him. This engineer just being like, and then- I mean, it's funny. This whole construct of team orders is such a entertaining aspect when it doesn't go well. Yeah. Um, and yeah. It, it, I mean, it's effectively, it's like when you're watching uh you know a movie and the you know the police chief is just being like mcbain whatever you do don't destroy the whole city again like you did last time and they're just like it is what it is yeah, it's like no don't please don't do it uh like you could tell yeah. they're so they're so concerned on the pit wall like they're so just like please this is like all of our paychecks that yeah. you're Take into the casino right now. Yep. But I did, I knew I absolutely back to back to the the Mercedes thing was like as soon as Hamilton got past, I think it was signs, right? Um, for mm-hmm. for second position, he was like, What's the gap? What's the gap to the man ahead? I'm like, he what it yeah. wasn't even it wasn't even a question of like, oh cool, yeah. I know George is ahead. Great. So like we're just gonna like I'm gonna get stuck in behind him, right? Like he was like yeah. How far up the road is he? And I heard that and was like, oh, he's 100% going for the win. If he can get the win, he's going for this win. Um, so, yeah, just love love to hear team orders not being implemented. Um, yep. Oh, and also the request for team orders, uh, obviously not fulfilled oh from Charles Leclerc. Like, <laughs> just putting in like a little like... Uh, you know, and I mean, I, I I chalk this up to the desperation of you know yeah. the competitive spirit and how intense you get when you're in these scenarios. And like we've been seeing more and more of it of like the drivers calling in to be like, uh, he just uh, cross track limits there at turn four. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Make yeah. sure you catch him for that. And uh, and this time it was you know Charles just being like, guys, guys, uh, uh, how about uh, how about for the championship? You uh, you you have a switch places. What do you think of that? And the reason it's so damn funny was because he asked for this when Carlos Sainz was in second place. So yeah, yeah. It's not that he was like, "Oh, Carlos is in third place. I'm in fourth. Can we get a little swaparuni?" It was like, "Hey, Car- can Carlos drop back behind, uh, literally the team that we're fighting for the World Constructors yeah. Championship?" Uh, so that I can get a meaningless driver's championship that means absolutely nothing except for my pride. And Ferrari was just like, no, what do you, no, yeah. <laughs> this is, there's no way. I don't, I don't even remember the precise thing that was said, but it was just like a hard, like, uh, we are not doing that. Just, just, yep. just not even going to explain it to you. It's the way I respond to my kids when I'm at Home Depot and they're like, they've got Snickers here. And I'm just like, we do. <laughs> We did not come here. We did. We did. We did not come here for Snickers. <laughs> Don't ask a second oh, time. Oh, God, I love it. <laughs> Shutting stuff down. Uh, there was a moment there in the Grand Prix where 
Lando Norris was battling Verstappen on track uh, for position, mm-hmm. and I got a little yep. excited, but then Norris immediately pitted. And I, I, I would really like to see those two because Lando is such a great racing driver, and I think that that's someone who I'd be like, that man is just chock full of talented. He might be Lando Norris. This is a bold proclamation. Might be the most talented person on the F1 grid. The fact that he can wow. handle that McLaren when it is clearly so difficult to drive. Yeah. It is such a difficult car to drive. And he has single-handedly made sure that McLaren is at least in a fight with Alpine mm-hmm. for that fourth spot in the constructors. Ricardo, and I don't mean to talk smack about him, but he has not contributed to those championship points because he's finished outside the points so many times. Lando has gotten them that far. And he's doing it in a car that like is nearly undrivable. So once he gets good equipment under him and Lewis even said this, like back when they were racing in Austria a couple of years ago, he was like, wow, that's a really, really talented racing driver. When he was battling Norris on track because Norris was keeping him behind him in a slower bit of equipment, same car, different aero package, just, but like he was astounded at how talented Norris was. So I think, Oh, once once Lando gets good equipment, I would love to see him go wheel to wheel for Stappen because I think those two are of equal speed. Like they can both get speed out of cars that like ew, it'd be real tough to to get out of it. I mean, I would oh, I would really love it if Lando was signed to Red Bull. I'm just saying. I know he's got a contract up through what 2024, the end of 2024. Yeah, he's but, got something surprisingly lengthy with McLaren. Yeah, but, but hey, I mean, face it though, Lando's never going to be able to. Lando doesn't have the capacity yeah. to be able to tap into the powers of the dark side. Yeah, I don't in think the way so. that Max Verstappen has uh, has shown us, he's able to. Yeah, uh, Corey, anything else? Uh, anything else in this action-packed race that uh, that oh, yeah. that blew your mind? I'm just so impressed with George. Uh, he's he is such. He is such a talent and as robotic as he may seem, as rehearsed as his media stuff does seem to appear Mm -hmm. and does seem to feel like in the moment, watching him get all choked up was just a a beautiful thing to see. Uh, I know I, you can feel how much this matters to him and how much this race win mattered to him. Uh, It was similar to the way that he felt when he got his first points I'm not I'm not saying that because I don't know how he feels, but it looked like he felt the same way when he got his first points for Williams. Like he had the same emotional response. And like that to me is like you are you should be in this sport. If your first points matter to you that much and it like looks like when you won your first Grand Prix, <laughs> that's pretty impressive. Yep. That's uh that's someone I can get behind. So happy to have him in Mercedes equipment, but that was that was my main takeaway. Uh, George really showed up this weekend, crashed himself out, which, hey, good job, George, for not crashing anybody else out. Good job. Yes. And then you yeah. also won the sprint and the Grand Prix. So, hell yeah. Great job, dude. Great job. Yep. Um, yep. Yep. What about you, Johnny? Anything else really stick out to you this this week? No, I mean, just astounded by the, the absolute <laughs> on uh, Max Verstappen to just go so hard. Yeah. Against his teammate and his team. Uh, and so, yeah, we're going to see where that's going to go. But congratulations, 
you went from being the champion to now being the villain of yeah. the entire sport. And I so hope fast. I hope you are like overwhelmed with booze when you visit Mexico next yeah. season. Yeah. Honestly, I think there was a so this is maybe the the context to this, and I'm I'm reading so much into it. The fact that Lewis got his honorary citizenship to Brazil is celebrated so heavily, and his mm-hmm. partner is the daughter of Nelson Piquet, the man who is no longer even allowed at any F1 paddock, who is also a Brazilian world yeah. champion, who Brazil is like, yeah, no, we kind of Max are... Max Verstappen's partner, yes. Yeah. yeah, like we don't even we don't even think about we don't even think about Nelson PK as a world champion. Like he Nelson who? Like they they don't want to acknowledge him yep. as part of the racing legacy and they've now adopted Lewis, right? And I think that that played into this too. Like you all the fans that just cinema. Yeah. Yeah, think of how many texts he was getting. Think of how how many yeah. like how many fires he was probably having to put out because of like not just Nelson PK but Nelson PK Jr. right not just like yeah it's like a whole family that hates Lewis and yep. he's now getting beaten by Lewis so there's mm-hmm. yeah yeah um i think that that's that's a big takeaway for me was he went then maybe in that case we should just be concerned that he makes it out of the country uh safely yeah <laughs> at yeah. this point yeah, there's been there have been there there was a period where like F1 used to amp up the security like like quadruple when going to Brazil. Oh yeah, I want to say Bernie got like robbed and assaulted. He fully in Brazil did. like yeah. like black eye and everything. Yeah, um, and I know there's been you know numerous instances of drivers getting you know stuck up in their you know amongst their entire entourage and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, there uh, was yeah. on the post race show. There was like Esteban Ocon getting interviewed, and uh, Rosetta Tennant was like, "Oh, so you flying out tonight? Are you flying out tomorrow?" And he's like, "I'm not going to answer that. I'm not telling people when I go to the airport." Like, fully said it on air, and wow. I was like, "Yeah, yeah, dude. I mean, they they killed a Brazilian soccer player. Like, they killed their own countryman because he accidentally scored on his own goal." Like that is Brazilian sports fanaticism. They take it. They take it seriously. Is that uh, another level? Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful country. Wonderful oh yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I can't wait to go. I, I'm absolutely going to go to that. I want to go to this Grand Prix, but I, I just want to visit that country because it's gorgeous. Um, just a gorgeous place. But so, Johnny, here's here's the the other question, or I guess like the real question: Did the stock? go up this week in f1 here in the u.s uh absolutely smash hit Mm -hmm. weekend all around like the whole weekend was entertaining yeah from qualifying to the sprint to the race itself 100 percent went up what do you think i think it went up and i am also going to make a uh for all the reasons that you just said i'm also going to make a prediction i think we're going to see a sprint race at las vegas next year Mm. because of what just happened because of the popularity yeah it's basically next year at this time is when vegas is happening yep i think we're probably going to see a sprint race at vegas maximize your your weekend you know like yeah lose a you know lose a practice session boohoo and get a get a sprint race instead sure why not so and and i wouldn't be i'm not mad at that if we're gonna add if there's already pageantry happening 
let's go for the full Monty, right? Like, let's just go for it. We're yeah. in Vegas. Let's have these drivers. Uh, I, I would, <laughs> I wouldn't love to see this, but I think it'd be a funny bit would be to have the, all like the racing suits just be like fully like nude racing suits. So it looks like they're just <laughs> naked driving in the cars. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that would be that'd be great. Uh, but yeah. We can make this happen, Corey. I think we can get think, enough. Yeah. Uh, I think we can get enough <laughs> groundswell behind a fantastic idea like this. Yeah. Of uh, you know. Yeah. A, a bunch of yes, yeah, hundred percent nude uh-huh. racing suits. Yep. All the way uh, uh, with uh, you know uh, bow tie. Yeah, you oh know. yeah, of course, like and Chippendale then, yeah, style, yeah. full Chippendale yeah, style. Yeah, Chippendale's both. <laughs> and, uh... Uh, yeah, so that, yeah, I, I think the stock went way up. And uh, like I said, I think that this is going to change the landscape uh, for sprint races and the way that people consider sprint races. I know that a lot of folks who have been like, eh, they're boring, they don't really do anything. They Overly manufactured, Just, yeah. Nuh-uh, not, not this one. So yep. uh, I don't know what they need to do to make them all look like this, but if they make them look like this, I think we'll see six next year, and we might see half the calendar with sprint races <laughs> by the right. time we get regulation changes again. So, yep. Uh, but yeah, uh, that'll good, uh, good call on that. Good call on that. I think I think you're on to something with sprint races in Vegas. I think that very well could be the case. Yeah, I think so too. I think that's that's the that'll 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 probably be what the rest of uh, F1 starts to look at. The being like, oh wait, we can get more eyes on our races. We can get more eyes. We can get more people at the track on Fridays because that's ultimately what we're seeing, folks. That's Ultimately, yep. what the sprint races do is they're trying to get more people at the track on Fridays and great for ratings on TV. But it's more about like, hey, free practice, yeah. not as many people buy tickets for them. So they eliminated one, added qualifying. So it's a it's a great business decision and it's finally paying off for the fandom. And I think that that's really cool. All right, Johnny, why don't you let the folks out there know where they can find you? All right. Uh, while it's still in operation, you can find me on the Twitter platform. My handles at Johnny Motion. Uh, if you're if you find yourself going to the movies uh, this week, check out Wakanda Forever. I had the distinct pleasure of uh, contributing in a few different ways to that film with my former colleagues at uh, at Perception. Uh, working on all sorts of different fun things for uh, for Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Corey, where can the folks find you? Uh, it was great. I just want to say before I give myself a little plug here, uh, to be in the theater, uh, knowing that there wasn't. Oh, I don't. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna spoil it. Uh, so to uh, be in the theater as those credits are rolling and sitting there. Uh, and not knowing that your name was going to pop up in the credits. Uh, I knew that you had been a part of it. Obviously, you're a pretty massive part of uh, a lot of stuff that people see in that movie. Uh, there was like a moment of like, ah, oh, so cool. And, uh, my best friend worked on this. And then being like, oh, look at that, a special shout out. Oh, it was so great. And I immediately pulled out my phone and was like, you just get a special shout out. So it was a beautiful moment. It was great to see you up there. Well, thank you for thank you for sending me that message. It's wonderful to to hear that anybody 
uh, <laughs> sits through <laughs> the like eight minutes of tiny white letters sliding yeah. up uh, the screen, uh, you know, yeah. ad nauseum. Uh, um, Corey, where can where can yeah. the folks find so you my, in the world? My my handle is burn Corey burn on all of the things. Uh, including the thing that might go away eventually, which is Twitter. Uh, there's also an F1 Files that you can follow on Twitter and TikTok and then the F1 Files pod on Instagram. I just want to say I am so thankful that that man has not gotten involved with Formula One, John. I am so thankful. Oh, boy. I, yeah. Oh, wow. Um, whew. I yeah. don't even want to yeah. mention his name because I'm yeah. worried don't wanna, that don't wanna, <laughs> the moth somehow... to fly towards yeah. the glimmering object. Yeah. Oh, well, I hope that he he never ends up as part of Formula One. And if he ever tries to, he gets flamed out in one of the most hilarious ways. Um, anyways. All right. That sounds that feels like the, the perfect place. Fingers, fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed. All right, folks. Catch up with us. The next time from Abu Dhabi. This is the last race of the season, folks. We got the last race of the Ooh. season, but that doesn't mean the podcast ends. We're going to continue to do episodes after the season's over, but come and check us out next week, next time on the F1 Files. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Perfect.